from the Virginia Foundation for the Humanities. This is Backstory with the American History Guys. Welcome to the show. I'm Brian Ballow, and I'm here with Peter Onuf. Hey, Brian. And Ed Ayers is with us. Hey, guys. In 1880, Americans learned how the United States collapsed, at least in the pages of one novel, Last Days of the Republic. So the book says that it is actually for readers on the, in the 20th century who want to know how the American Republic fell in the 19th century. This is Gordon Chang, a historian at Stanford University. He says that the book's author, Pearton Dooner, pinned the country's fictional downfall on one group of people, the Chinese. Like all good propaganda, Dooner started with some actual facts. Many Chinese immigrants had indeed begun arriving on U.S. shores in the 1840s and 1850s. But he then presented an apocalyptic vision of what this influx of Chinese people meant for the country. In order to insert themselves into American life, they become citizens by the hundreds of thousands. They become voting members of the republic and use this not to strengthen the republic, but to gather power for themselves, first on the West Coast and then these hundreds of thousands, if not now millions of Chinese who are in the country, that they now rise up to become soldiers. In the ensuing chaos, Dunner described these Chinese invaders waging war against upstanding Anglo-Americans. And there are these massive slaughters and military suppressions of those Americans who rise up to try to stop this invasion. By the end of the 1880s, Dooner wrote, the conquerors had hoisted the flag of the imperial dragon of China over the nation's capital. The last sentence of the last days of the Republic reads, thus passed away the glory of the Union of States at the dawn of the 20th century. Now, clearly Dooner was extreme in his racial views, but Last Days of the Republic is just one example of yellow peril literature, which flourished in the late 19th century. This yellow para genre has certain things in common. So the Chinese are racialized in, in these various dimensions. Biologically, they are presented as sort of a different sort of species in that the Chinese are able to survive and thrive on rice, that they're sort of homogenous, whereas decent Americans are factious and individualistic and moral. So this literature does both a sort of characterization of the Chinese, but also a commentary on whites or Americans and how they have to wake up to this threat. That fictional message had real-world consequences. These yellow peril books fed the nativist backlash against Chinese immigrants. Politicians eventually passed laws restricting Chinese immigration to the United States. And though the overt racism of yellow peril literature is a thing of the past, Chang says that those underlying attitudes have not entirely disappeared. $300 billion. That's an estimate of how much American businesses lose in intellectual property theft every year. Most of it blamed on the Chinese. I think you have to do something to rein in China today. They're making it absolutely impossible for the United States to compete 
Good news for China on Monday, but bad news for us. The country's economy power is likely to surpass the United States in less than two decades, meaning Asia could overtake North America. There is a sense today, I think, that China imperils the republic. Now, there's no doubt that China is a powerful and significant and growing factor in the world. But in my view, the kind of response that many have to this taps into or draws from or is unconsciously inspired by some of these longstanding fears and worries. President Obama hosted a state dinner for Chinese President Xi Jinping last month. News commentators highlighted mounting tensions over China's cyber attacks and military maneuvers in the South China Sea. But others noted that Xi's presence at the White House indicated that the world's two biggest economies have much to gain by cooperating in economics and trade. Chang noted this more benign view of China also has a very long history in America. So today on the show, we're going to untangle those twin strands in the history of U.S.-Chinese relations. We've got stories of Chinese conjoined twins navigating the shifting racial politics of 19th century America and of the secret diplomacy that paved the way for President Nixon's historic trip to Beijing in 1972. We'll also try some mouth-watering cuisine that's a direct descendant of 19th century laws restricting Chinese immigration. 